obsession. Remember that? Obsession. Famous cologne, perfume back in the day. A rather provocative, very uh, sexual commercial with a uh, six-pack ripped male with his hair slicked back coming up from a pool. You could probably find it on YouTube somewhere. Luring the women to buy the cologne for their man or the man they wish their men were or looked like. Obsession. Because you were obsessed with the male body. Obsessed with the female body. Maybe they had a female version, but it first started off as a, as a male cologne. Obsession. And for the men, it was to get the women to obsess about them when they smelled that scent so that they would think that you looked like the sexy guy in the commercial. And the women, to buy the cologne for their men to make them wish their man was the sexy man in the commercial. But you were obsessed. Obsession. And isn't that what they teach? That doesn't sound good, does it? That does not sound good to be obsessed with something or someone. Oh, to be in love is normal. To be infatuated is normal. To be interested, but obsessed? Nah, that's like slavery. That's like captive. You can't breathe. You're smuggled when people are obsessed with you. They grip you too tight emotionally, psychologically. Every waking moment, you can't breathe. You can't get space. You can't live your life. And yet, people are obsessed. Remember the Nazi obsession? Germany started off, I mean, it just kind of happened slowly too, didn't it? I mean, it didn't happen overnight. Hitler was in prison at one point because of his obsession of his ideology against the state of Germany and slowly worked his way into the mind of the German people very cleverly and deceptively leading them into his obsession until they got obsessed with his ideas, obsessed with the Third Reich, with the Nazi party. Obsessed, being taught this is the only way, we are the way, this is gonna make you better. Then, and then being able to then convince them thoroughly and entirely that their obsession is their way in order to be free. You must be obsessed with this. You must work for the party, think of the party, live for the party, sell your children to the party, sacrifice them to the party. Everything is about the party. And aren't you obsessed now? You're obsessed. You're obsessed with being called the right pronoun, obsessed with living your life centered around your sexual preference, obsessed with political punditry, always obsessed. We used to get mad at religious fundamentalists for their obsession and get obsessed. I'm sure Rabbi Guy's going to tell you about the obsession in Israel with certain factions of Judaism that seem obsessed with the Torah. God doesn't want you to be obsessed with him. He wants you to be possessed of him. A little different. Not obsessed. 
That's unbridled, uncontained, untrained, un just wild, not orderly, not fashionable, not properly in its place, but not obsessed as you are, but not obsessed with God, not possessed of God. Because we've got people obsessed with God. Just watch that show, Midnight Mass on Netflix. You'll see the obsession. That's not such a show. Just go to the hills of Virginia, uh, Kentucky, or Tennessee. You'll see some or some of those crazy cult places in San Francisco and other around the country, or the Midwest or the upper, uh, or Southern California is full of them. Obsessed. And then you will mistake that to be really about the people of Germany. It wasn't. You'll mistake that to think it's really about God. It's not. It might be about the preacher in the jet or the Rolex. It might be about the person with manipulative power of control over any group of people. Listen, you got to be controlling something. If you can't control 100,000, you'll control 10 and have a small little faction, a little group, a little sect, your little cultic sect that follows. But you're not really obsessed with God. You're obsessed with the middle thing. We were talking about Guy and I about the, the, uh, the obsession of getting high. You, you, you don't really want where it takes you. You just want the trip. You know, God can take you there without the trip. He can get you there without the magic stick. He can get you there without drinking it or digesting it or injecting it. But you fall in love with the middleman and not the man. You don't really want the man, that man from Galilee. You want the middleman. Now you start bragging about what got you high, not bragging about the high. And see, God is the high, the high. He's the life. He's the life. He's the light. You want God? You can have him without the mushroom. You can have him without the middle person. You can have him without the stick or the staff. You can be possessed of God. Why not be infatuated with that, with God? Why not be enthused or excited about God? And getting the heart of God will not be what you think it is. It doesn't give you what you think it gives you. It's not the false fake high that you think is just about you feeling high. See, high is for you. It's just about you feeling high. But that is not the purpose of high. It is to touch the nirvana, the apex, the mind of God. Then when you have the mind of God, then you'll know what high is. You don't feel high to get the mind of God. You get the mind of God, then you will be high. The right obsession. So that you're not living in your spiritual recession, which yields nothing but depression. You're going about it the wrong way and obsessed about the wrong thing or wrong person. When you should be consumed of your father. He's beyond religion. See, most of you don't even get that part. You're too busy absolving yourselves of your own identity, your own culture, your own faith.
to seek something else when you don't even know what you're in yourself. Having studied your own faith, having been obsessed with your own faith, having asked your own faith questions, but then you throw it under the bus and tell it it's inadequate, like you do your spouse, and then get a new partner. When you've never really experienced your current partner, your current wife, your current husband, and every time you hit a bumpy road, you throw them over to find another road to go down. You didn't think about repaving your road of that relationship, asking for help in that relationship, figuring out that maybe it's not just about what you get out of it, but what you put into it and you're selfish. So it's only what it's doing for you, but you're doing nothing for it. And the real benefit is the mutual exchange of doing for one another. And then the relationship is better. But you are just a sponge, a leech, sapping and sucking like a vampire. Take, 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 but giving no life. Lots of death, things that can be stolen, things that can rust and deteriorate, things that are built on sand and not rock and stone and bedrock. Sex can only take relationships so far. It can't be about that. Money passes away and loses its value. It can't be about that. Children come and go and some can't have children. It can't be about that. There's got to be something much deeper than that, much deeper than that and intangible. But you're obsessed with the mess, but not the rest. America's torn apart with this obsession of politics. Just look at it. Everything is political. They politicize everything from your food to your medicine to even your spiritual worship to your privacy of sexual relationship. They politicize everything for the purpose of control. This is what the Nazis did. Obsession. So you've got to ask yourself, where is the passion for the alleged obsession with God? Rabbi Guy, what do you want to say about this? What are you obsessed with? I used to be obsessed with a bunch of stuff back in the day. I remember when I first came to the US, I used to work at a kiosk selling steam irons. And I was obsessed. I would work 11 hours a day. And then when I was home, I was sleeping. I used to dream about it. I would scream in my sleep, buy two, get one free. Buy three, get two free. Steam your shirt, steam your pants. I was obsessed. I did it for so long. It was my first job out of the military, 21 years old, and that's all I did. It consumed my life, and I was obsessed. Everywhere I go, I used to see people and think they would be a good customer. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I would yell, steamer, steamer, steamer. That's all I used to talk about. Then I started my Amway business, and I was obsessed. I would talk about it with anyone. Everywhere I go, everyone was a prospect. Everyone's a business partner. Everywhere I go, I was thinking about it dreaming about it. I would go to conventions. I changed my entire look. I started looking like them, dressing like them, walking like them. I was obsessed. And then I was obsessed with the stock market. Think about options. Think about stocks. You see it goes up and down and up and down. You'll dream in your sleep. Wake up in the middle of the night, checking your stock, checking your thing. Can't even get a good night rest. And then I found the spirit of God. You see, in the beginning, I was obsessed until I became possessed like Stephen said. Because when God starts talking to you, 
yeah, it might be a little scary in the beginning because you hear God's voice. It's it's pretty terrifying. You know, Moses and, and pretty much everyone who encountered the Spirit of God said, please don't kill me. I'm probably about to die for I heard the voice of God. I've seen the face of God. And then God says, well, calm down. <laughs> like Stephen liked to say, calm down. Until I became possessed with his spirit. But he didn't make me obsessed. He didn't make me lose sleep. But rather he gave me rest. He gave me peace. Because when you're possessed with God, it's not like being obsessed with a lesser thing. You see, everybody want to get high, like Stephen said. You're looking for the high, but you're looking for the wrong high. You're barking at the wrong tree. You see, God is the most high God. The most high. You cannot get any higher than God. You can try. You can take those shrooms. You can, you can smoke that weed. You can even do crack or meth or whatever you want. The choice is yours. But it ain't going to do it for you. And I remember when I used to work in an office environment. And those people were obsessed. Let me tell you, they were obsessed with their careers and their office and their cubicles and their little bonbons and their little puppies and their potlucks. It's like every other day there's a potluck. Every other day there's some reason to celebrate something about the office. And the people in the office, mm, they were obsessed about one another. The gossip. Always talking about the, this girl hooking with this guy and what you do over the weekend. I'm going to drink over there and I'm going to go to Napa Valley and I'm take, going out with the girls. They were obsessed. Obsessed. They were absolutely consumed with the culture and the nonsense of this world. I went to see my grandparents today. We baked some pita bread together and... You know, my hair grew a little longer. And my grandpa seems to be obsessed with it. Every time he sees me, he reminds me that I forgot to shave and my hair grew longer. For about 50 minutes, 50, 50, he was looking for a book that has a story of a kid that his hair grew so long that some birds tried to nest in it, tried to build a nest in his hair. For 50 minutes, he was trying to find that thing. And then... When the food was ready, we sat down at the table. He started eating. And I said, Grandpa, I want to say a blessing. And he, he, you know what he said? He said, well, isn't that a waste of time? A waste of time to say a blessing, to thank God, to thank our maker, our creator for making us, for giving us life and providing for us and giving us food. A 30-second prayer is a waste of time, but a 50-minute looking for a stupid story that you already told me what it said is not a waste of time. You see, he was obsessed, obsessed with nonsense, like the majority of you. Always going around, perking around, laughing around, talking on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. Always obsessed with things that don't even matter. Why are you so obsessed with shit when you could be obsessed with God, with the Lord Almighty, with the truth. How about you focus your life on the things of life? Because when you truly want to understand who you are, where you come from, the answer is not in something dormant. The answer is not in something dead. It's not going to be in something that you consume. It's going to be in something that consumes you. Because as you all know, or you should know, we are spiritual beings. Yes, we all have a soul. You see, it's the difference between us and a fly and a mosquito, right? We are created in God's image. We dream, we sleep, we talk, we have a sense of humor, we have personalities. 
we're evolved. We're unlike any of the other animals on this planet. We build, we create. Everybody likes to compare us with monkeys, but I don't see monkeys building empire state buildings. I don't see monkeys inventing Wi-Fi. I don't see monkeys cooking and creating recipes and writing books. We do. We are creating God's image, not anything else on this planet. Then why is it so hard for us to accept the fact that we are not our own gods? Everybody's looking for the God inside, except for the God outside. Because God is not inside you, you're inside him. Yes, we are the temple and his spirit resides within us. But when you look at the big scheme of things, we are all inside God. This whole universe is inside his pickpocket. <laughs> He's just holding out his palm with the whole of the cosmos, just jiggling the cosmos in his left arm, left hand. And you think you're so big. Why are you so arrogant? Why are you so obsessed with the Lakers and the Dodgers and, and the, what is it? I don't even know what you call all those stupid sporting events. The freaking Minnesota Vikings. People go out wearing barrels in the snow, 30 degrees weather, painting their bodies, yelling on top of the lungs, getting, getting viruses and diseases, freezing to death, driving out in the snow to root for some stupid team that whether they win or lose, it means absolutely nothing for that stupid dumb guy's life. But that's the norm. That's, that's what you guys encourage. That's what you guys worship. Your friend comes back and tells you, oh, bro, oh, man, uh, we went to the Lakers game. Man, it was crazy. We painted our bodies. We, we had our tearaway clothes. I, I tore my shirt off. I was like, LeBron, I love you, man. And everybody were yelling and shouting. Oh, man, it was so sick. And then we got drunk and we went to, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and we, we dropped like 4,000 bucks on wings, man. It was so sick. And everybody, everybody started throwing up. And, and, then, and then I had to call off work because I was too drunk and I had a hangover. And my friend ended up in the hospital because he was driving drunk and he hit the rail. And, and, then, and then, you know, he, he almost died, man. He almost died. That was so sick, bro. And everybody's like, oh, man, I wish I was there. That sounds like you had a good time. Really? You call that a good time? I call that hell. You see, it's all about perspective. Because when the things you look at change, the way you look at things change. And when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. See, you say the things you say because you know the things you know. But if you knew God, if you saw things from a higher perspective, if you weren't so obsessed with the bottom of the barrel and you started looking up to God, to your maker, to heaven, then it would elevate your spirit and elevate your point of view. So you can see things differently. You see, the Israelites, my people, God's chosen people, kept making the same mistake over and over and over. Just read the book of 2 Chronicles. It was about 36 chapters, I think. 36. 2 Chronicles. It describes every king from Solomon until the exile into Babylon. And you can see how it was a flip-flop. One king does the right thing, his son doesn't. One king does the right thing, his son doesn't. Then someone else doesn't. Then someone else doesn't. Then comes another king. He does the right thing. Then someone else doesn't. And it's just this ping pong game. And I'm asking myself, why are you guys so stupid? You see the results. You see the, 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 what your actions are causing. You see how 
God is literally reprimanding you for every single generation. Every time you walk away from God, you're punished. When you come back to God, you're saved. I mean, it's really not that complicated. Why are you so arrogant and so hard-headed, hard-hearted, that it is so hard for you to freaking stop being obsessed with the things of this world and start looking up to God? That's a question you must ask yourself because as I saw in some episode in South Park that had a lot of wisdom, it said, there are no stupid questions, only stupid people. Rabbi Guy, that was perfect. That's a great way that you tied the segue in together with our discussion on obsession. And the unique thing about it is that often people will mistake progress for obsession. Do I make progress, therefore I obsess, or do I obsess, therefore I make progress? Focus or obsess? Obsess to focus or focus to obsess? How do we get ahead in this? And you're so right. I love how you explain the difference between God and you and you and God, because everything is composed of God, all made God. He's the glue that holds everything together. Therefore, we all are a reflection, an extension, a part of the origin of all things, of which all things consist of, the God Adam. And so I hope that you guys have listened to Rabbi Guy and I as we talked about this, the difference, so that you are not obsessed, but rather possessed of God to perform his will at your best so that you do not digress or recess from your call, your purpose, and your duty going forward. Let us go for it from this day forward and be possessed of God and his call on our lives. Pray for us.